This is Waiting for Seconds, the interview podcast where we meet people and ask them who they are and why they are. I'm Shannon Miller, and I'm here with Malcolm Outkelt. Nailed hey. it. Yeah. And today we'll be talking with Anders uh, Geronimo. Go ahead and introduce yourself. So, yeah. Hey. Uh, that's right. That's me. Uh, that's him. I'm, that's, what else is there to say? Uh, I'm All right. Andrew. <laughs> oh, next question. All right. Next, next question. question. Next question. Enough said. Uh, I'm Anders. Um, I'm well. I'm 20 now. I uh, well, I'm a proud Washingtonian. I feel like I can say that uh, after let's go. seven years. So, yes, great state of, of Washington. Uh, I'm currently. Um, a double major of biochemistry and French at Andrews University. And yeah, I'm just um I'm just a guy. Just a dude. Just a dude. Do you have any pets? Oh no, unfortunately I don't. No pets. I don't not to bum anyone out, but like I mean, it was a year ago, like in last September that my uh I had a rabbit who was, mm. he was, he lived to be nine years old. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. Good, solid, solid age. Good, solid but, rabbit. uh, yeah, he, he passed away, oh. which was, uh, I mean, yeah, a bummer, sad, even sadder that I wasn't there, oh. but, um, oh. but yeah, he's, uh, in loving memory of Oreo. We can have like, uh, five minutes of silence. All right. You want full five minutes? <laughs> no. He's fine. <laughs> he doesn't need silence. I well, I He's can fine. I can edit it so it's right. Like... So the listener get, has five minutes. Uh-huh. They have to okay, stop. okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they have to yeah sit there for five minutes. But yeah, um, that's, that's it. So I met Anders in uh in high school. Uh, he, you came in like the second semester. Yes, I came in second semester. I came at the end of January 2017. That's wild. That's so long ago, too. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. But, um... No, I I honestly don't... I didn't really know Anders, to be, to be honest. I knew some things. Uh, but he kind of just kept to himself. Um... I will say one thing is out of all of the classmates, he was the nicest dressed because he always had a nice uh, buttoned up shirt and tie and some nice shoes. Yeah, I remember that. Is that different from now? Well, I mean, uh, I mean, the bow ties have, have, uh, have kind of, well, I've grown out of them or maybe they've grown out of me, but. Yeah, I don't think I've for for Malcolm for context for Malcolm it's and for everyone else I guess I uh, I did have this this weird little little thing with bow ties and ties in general I guess mm. um, but I, I I put a a great amount of significance in my uh, in my appearance in my dress just you know uh, so bow ties but I actually I don't think I've worn one in like two years. And the last time I did, it was like for a concert. 
Uh, it was concert black, so I wore a black bow tie. But other than that, they're all sitting in a box somewhere. In Washington? Yeah, somewhere around here. <laughs> but, huh. uh, yeah. Dang. <laughs> Dang. I, I just, it's just wild, because uh, I do remember... Uh, messing with you a lot, especially because our senior year, you were in, you were right next to my room, uh, on the bottom floor. What your senior year? Yeah, aren't you? Dude, I was an RA on the third floor. Worry? Oh my gosh, <laughs> bro! Oh my gosh, you were. We went on the RA retreat. Bro. We were RA. Bro. I'm yeah. a bad, I've got bad memory. Yeah, bad Bambo boy out there. Bad Bambo boy. Yeah, uh, Anders is one of the Bambo boys. Uh, yes. We have had Ben and Nick and Adam. Uh, our senior year, we declared ourselves the Bambo boys during senior trip because uh, we yeah. all shared a cabin together. We and have we one would... other. Yes, Quentin. He's the only one, he's the only one left. That hasn't he been on. the only one left. Oh god, he's he's no. so hard to to get to. Yeah, Quentin's uh, Quentin's the tough nut to crack. As far as yeah, you're right. But it's always doing something. But we should. I mean, the the Bamba Boys. Yeah, that was uh that was a time to be alive. I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, we were Screams. we were a special cabin because we didn't have a chaperone. If That's you true. recall. We were, we were the, the only cabin that didn't yes. have a chaperone. And I still don't understand why. Like, I mean... We're a wild bunch. Bro. The logic. They, they just didn't give you a chaperone? No, no. yeah. It, it was they like allowed whole... to do that? No. Uh, they did. They All did. Right. Let's ask yeah. our school. And it was, it was like, it was nice. Because it was like a whole, a whole ass, like a, like a big cabin. It was like a house, basically. And it was just all to ourselves. And we were just chilling there. Like all the, we didn't have to worry about like Samsoul or like someone weird sleeping in the butt. Like we were just, we were just chilling. They were just guys. Guys, being, guys being dudes. Yeah, guys being dudes. One specific memory is us spooning and watching Zac Efron's uh, Netflix movie about uh ted bundy ted bundy yeah. yeah so i don't know about the spooning uh but yes i do remember <laughs> that that movie that was uh we was all quite... were on the bed yeah well we were all on the bed and, except uh, adam yeah where was adam adam was doing his own thing adam was adam was vibing he was vibing i think yeah. he watched it with us but i don't think he sat on the bed yeah, I think he was sitting down somewhere. Yeah, but we were on the bed and we were watching Ted Bundy, and we were all uh, unanimously horrified, obviously, by the horror. Have you heard about this guy, Ted Bundy? Small town kind of killer, killed a few people. Yeah, you know, that dude. Yeah, that guy. But anyway, like we were all collectively horrified and just appalled and disgusted by the depiction of this man. And mostly Zach Efron, but all except <laughs> Shannon. Don't call me out. I don't. I don't deserve all this. Out. Shannon what? was like, like on Ted's side. He was like, maybe he wasn't such a bad guy. Like maybe he was just like misunderstood. 
Shit, that are you a is test so, of Porter? That is so broad. Like, <laughs> it's, oh. Oh, no. Out here with the worst take ever. It was, I don't, I don't, I was Notice a different man Notice how he's not then. denying it. I was a different he's man not. then. I don't. <sighs> he was like, let's I hear don't... <laughs> Let your I... Ted Bundy out. All right. <laughs> That's so specific. Like maybe uh... bro had a point. <laughs> anyway, I... we'll, 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 I... we'll skip over that, Shannon. It's fine. We don't need to talk about your serial. It's fine. I, st- I, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Yeah. Um, I, I would like to know <sighs> that you describing how you knew me in high school started off very eerily like a serial killer. It was just, you know. I didn't know, know much about, about you. You, didn't, he, you kept to yourself. Kept to himself. He, he had weird things with squirrels. And, you know, it's, I, don't, I don't know if I appreciate that, Shannon. Where are you getting the squirrels from? I don't know. I'm just serial killer stuff. Squirrels? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't have a thing with squirrels. Just some serial killers do out there. All right. Let let's uh you know what let's, let's reel it back. Let's reel it back. Let's uh <laughs> let's get into it. Mm. You know, just to kind of break the ice, uh what was what was your school life like? Uh let, when let us know. Uh when? just in general. Because I know I mean you're still in school, but like yeah. just in general. Almost eternally. Uh you mean like like high school, you mean like college, you mean ever? You know what? Probably when you were younger. Not college, but up to high school. Oh, when I was a kid? Okay, well, um, it was interesting. I, I moved around a lot, um, but I most of my uh, elementary school education, I was in this tiny little church school that uh was like a one room kind of school we had one teacher and it was k through eight and there were like 12 of us in total in the entire little school right so i mean it was an interesting experience but uh I don't know, it was it was good it was it had a good teacher so good memories of that a good teacher can really make or break school oh yeah for sure uh, this specific teacher really helped me nurture, I guess, what would become um, a sense of kind of uh, a deep sense of like academic um, vigor or fervor or whatever. Because over the summer, she would uh, she would tutor me, and she would she's the first person that kind of propelled me into uh, getting ahead grade wise, kind of so. I mean, if Shannon remembers, I, I was the youngest one of the class of the senior graduating class of 2019. That's true. Yes, that's, that's true. I was, uh, I think I was 15 at the time. Uh, and when, when you graduated? Yeah. Okay, that's right. Yeah, because yeah. you were like, you would have been 13 when you were in, in yes. class. Uh huh. And contrary to what uh, Shannon remembers, our senior year we were both RAs. Uh, <laughs> I was on the third floor with the uh, seniors and juniors, and um, yeah, I it was a very interesting experience being that young, uh, though not as terrible as 
I mean, certain people might imagine, but it was, it was just different. It was, you know, different paths, like we mentioned. Uh, like, not everybody goes to college after high school. Not everybody goes straight to college after high school. Not everybody finishes high school at the same time. But it's, you know, that's life. Did you yeah. ever have any uh, particularly bad school experiences? No, I wouldn't say that. I uh, I don't think I was ever very much like I was ever very bullied per se. Uh, as a kid, I mean, you know, kids are kids. Kids are kids can be mean, but it's like yeah, bullying. It's not like severe. Like not something that I feel like I was a victim of anything. It was just you know kids being bratty to each other and you know saying mean things, being like hitting each other, like eh. Kids being kids, right? As far as high school is concerned, I don't think I really experienced anything that was uh, unpleasant to a significant degree. Um, as Shannon says, I at the beginning of me being in high school, I did keep to myself mostly, um, and the, you know, it's it comes from being there in, in certain classes so young and being at a new school, uh, adjusting to that, and it was my first time being uh, away from home uh i was 12 the first time that i got on a plane by myself it was from west virginia to to here to to seatac and i remember i i was alone and i was driven directly to the dormitory uh to witzel witzer what's, mm. what's i think it's witzel uh you're probably right i would have no recollection of that you don't remember the name of the well, no. There's a lot of gaps in uh, Auburn for me. Oh, why? You have bad memories? No, not bad memories. Just not. Not essential memories. Like just blurred. Like there's some memories that blurred. Yeah, I I relate to that. I, I I feel like I piece a lot of it together, kind of when I reminisce and when I look back at stuff with. I mean, with people like you or Nick or Ben, but yeah. So the beginning of of high school, it was a more difficult transition. But I I like to say that by senior year, I kind of really found my place at Auburn. So I think I was comfortable with with where I was, and I had found my my group of friends. So I was really I was chilling. Hell yeah. No. I just, uh, I, I always forget that you were, you were the youngest. I mean, I knew in, I remember that in sophomore year, but like towards senior year, you were just a, you were just another classmate. See, I think that's what was important. Well, at least for me, it was that I, I didn't really try to make that. I don't know. I, I, I think at least subconsciously, I don't know if con I just didn't want that to be my defining thing. You know, like I, I didn't want to make myself like less or anything just because I was younger and make it a big deal for anyone else. So by not really creating uh, an issue on my side, you know, people started to kind of think, oh, yeah, he's just, oh, wait, yeah, he is 15. I forget hey. something. Yeah. But yeah. Ah, uh, hmm. How like 
have you how have you changed uh since college if you don't or since high school or since last i've i talked to you i guess yes uh, which has been i think about almost five years now right yeah oh, that's it, wild yeah it'll be almost five years in june gross uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> i'd like to think that i've changed a lot and i'm I think that's a good thing. Not that I was unhappy with who I was at the time. I think life works in stages. So everyone, I think it's just, it's good to be constantly evolving and changing. And I mean, I, I can't expect you, Shannon, to be the same person that I met, um, that I met like seven years ago, or even that I last spoke to five years ago. Fuck, I expect I hope you to, not. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I, I hope to God that I'm not the same person that I used to be, and I hope that I keep changing. And I don't know, uh, a in a lot of aspects, I think I'm more open. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know if you can confirm, but from, from my freshman year, which was your sophomore year at the time, to my senior year, I think I was, I was in a process of, of maturing a lot in terms of opening myself up to new people and to new situations and experiences um i i think at least yeah well and especially because i mean you were so young uh mm -hmm. you had to change very quickly yeah compared it was, to the rest of us yeah it was hard like uh, growing up so fast and uh i mean yeah it's a challenge but i think i think it's really been a, a good thing for me uh overall because i I mean, I'm not, I haven't graduated from college yet. If, as you've noticed, most of our classmates from high school are, have graduated last year, right? Yeah. So I've taken a couple gap years and, you know, I've kind of read, I've compensated for lost time and kind of brought myself back. Uh, and yeah, I think it's not as much as I, skipped a lot of years but i kind of rearranged some years and i think those were very very helpful to me though i don't think i'd recommend to a lot of people to to try to rush high school i think i think you got to take your time with it so basically from what i'm understanding you appreciate the journey you went on but if you're like telling the rest of the 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 audience who's ever listening Right, all the so high just, schoolers that are listening to us. <laughs> just, the, like, take it easy. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. See, um, I mean, are you guys uh, uh, Billy Joel fans by any chance? Well, for the longest time. For the longest time. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, but, uh, you know, v the song Vienna, that's a, a song that's mm -hmm. very... I mean, it's a great song. I mean, Billy Joel is the king, but that's beside the point. Uh, but, you know, in Vienna, like, slow down, you crazy child. Like, where's the fire? Like, what, what's the hurry about? Like, like it, Vienna waits for you. And I think that's just something that I really should have taken more to heart before. That, I mean, what's coming to you is going to come to you. And you just got to kind of enjoy the journey. I think sometimes we're just so obsessed with getting somewhere like getting achieving a goal like graduating high school graduating college doing this getting that promotion doing something or other and um i think you just gotta enjoy the process hmm that's not something 
I can definitely hear like your opinion of uh, <coughs> sorry. Uh it seems like your opinions have changed since like I talked to you really last cuz you yeah. when we were hanging out it was your goals like trying to meet your goals at the whole time. Mm-hmm. Now it seems like you you are just enjoying the process. No, yes, that's that is a, a big thing that's probably changed, and uh, it's interesting to hear you verbalize it. But yeah, that's that's true. Um, for me, I mean, my goal was always you know medical school, and like it's kind of very clear checkpoints in my life that I had kind of envisioned. I used to be a, a very huge planner, so I kind of had these things like, okay, I have to get here. Then once I get to that, then I'll get there, and then this and this and this, and it was always how do I get there faster? How do I, how do I do it better? You know? And I think along the way, especially, especially in the last couple of years, specifically, I've um, been able to see that it's just not a sustainable way of looking at, at life. A lot of the time people bank a lot of their happiness on those goals. Like I'll be happy once I'm in medical school, when I'm, once I'm accepted to this medical school, I'll be happy once I get into residency and into this residency, I'll be happy once I become an attending. I'll be happy when, you know, and the happiness never comes because, I mean, you just adapt and you just, you just want the next thing. So you have to really fall in love with the process and the journey. And that's, I mean, that's what happiness is. Isn't that part of the philosophy of like stoicism? Um, maybe. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I think I think you're right. I think uh, I've had a lot of Stoic influence. I I used to uh, look up to the Stoics a lot. I'm not sure if I would say that I'm I'm a Stoic myself. <laughs> Probably far from it. But and that, yeah, that's, Marcus that's Aurelius. That's kind of ironic. Why? Uh, to call yourself not Stoic. Why? If I remember correctly, uh. <laughs> Being being stoic is is having a lot of uh, oh, what's the opposite of selfish? Selflessness. Selflessness. Yeah. And to be humble with yourself and not consider yourself one thing. So yeah, that's. I mean, that's. I I think that's what we all should, in kind of in some form or another, strive for. Uh, but. There's some things like within the Stoic philosophy that I'm not sure I, I can 100% work with. And I, I mean, naturally, I, I, I don't know. It's, I always wanted to be a little more Stoic than what I was, but I, I, I try to be. It's in some aspects, you know. Mm. Mm. Yeah. How would you describe your worldview if not, I mean, not Stoicism, but is there a, a good word or series of words Ooh. that uh, aptly describes it? Yeah, yeah. So see, like I've always been very interested in in philosophy and um, I mean, just I mean, psychology. Like, and you know, the way how our minds work and our that the way they try to reason things and and find answers to different big questions and. Uh, yeah, I, I've I've gone through a, a bit of a journey with that since high school, 
unfortunately, I think that everybody kind of goes through the period where, I mean, they question what they believe and, you know, even their Christianity, if they are Christian. And uh, it's easy, especially for an angsty teenager to get into um, the idea of nihilism, if you guys are familiar. I definitely, I've definitely heard of it, but uh, could you expand upon it a little bit more? So nihilism is basically um, like nothing matters, like the world is pointless, I have no meaning here. Like it's, I mean, you know, you think of Nietzsche, you think of, I mean, some might, it's mostly Nietzsche, Nietzsche, yeah. Um, So, I mean, he's the one who said uh, God is dead, right? So basically it's just a, a default into the, you know, everything is random, everything is meaningless, like, who are we? We're just a little speck of dust in a vast cosmos, and nothing that I do really matters, so what's the point? You know? I mean, I, you could say that that's the, that's the little seed, that's the inspiration behind a lot of goth and, and other kinds of modern interpretations of that, right? Pe- people who just are fed up with, with trying to adhere to, like, a religion or a belief, and they just feel like, I just don't want to believe in anything. I just want to think that nothing matters. That's basically nihilism. So we're, so are you saying that you kind of believed that as an angsty teen? I think at, at a time, I think a lot of people go through that, and I think I kind of had some sort of version of that in my mind. I, kind of, I always wrestled with the idea that, I mean, what, what will... What, will anything that I do really amount to, you know? Um, but I think uh, a valuable point for me was a book by Albert Camus. He was a, an Algerian um, philosopher and author. He wrote uh, The Stranger, which I, I recommend. Um, it's a very good book. But basically, I I always kind of wrestled with that. And I, I've I've always been kind of drawn to this vein of existentialism. Uh, if you guys know what that is. Yeah, of course. Uh, I, oh, right. I'm going to, so, I'm going to need you to expand. Right. Well, the way, the way that I understand existentialism, not to get too, too into the weeds of everything. Cause I know this is a, this is a podcast that probably wants to explore more interesting things. Um, well, this it's interesting because you find it interesting and, uh, that that's the point of the podcast it's to understand people's understanding of things how they walk through life right well that's that's sweet of you shannon but uh existentialism is basically it's basically the natural progression from nihilism once you realize that okay sure maybe nothing that like okay okay but like then what why do i wake up in the morning why do i go to work why do i have a family why do i buy gifts on christmas right a tr- there I mean, you can't sustain nihilism there, you can, there can never be a true nihilist that's why i can't say that i was ever a nihilist but i mean once you think of that like okay so why what gets me out of bed why am i doing this but the basic tenet of existentialism is that okay yes very little of what you do is really important i mean you're not the center of the sun doesn't revolve around you right you're and you are just a little pale blue dot, right? But what it says is basically, in that, nothing matters. It's as if it's 
it's a positive kind of interpretation of that. Like nothing matters. Now, to be clear, I don't believe that nothing matters, but it's it's just it's kind of like you're free. It, the basic tenet of existentialism is freedom. So you are an autonomous being. You you can, and there's the idea that um, about purpose, right? Uh, Judeo-Christian and 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 uh, a lot of religious kind of schools of thought believe in a priori purpose. A priori being that it's something that happens before, before you were born, before you were created, before you were conceived, before you were a thought. You had a purpose, right? And if we believe in a, de- a divine creator, which I do, then you you know that before you you were, you were formed, you had something lined up for you. Had something that you were supposed to be here for, and that's a priori purpose. A posteriori purpose is what existentialism posits, which is you don't you're not born with a purpose, but that doesn't mean that you are purposeless, like nihilism would say. You were born without a purpose, yes, but now it's up to you to make that purpose. You are entirely free to create that purpose. And you can, like, as a, a nihilist would, would, would curl up in a corner and cry and, and, and have a nervous breakdown by how vast and how uncontrollable everything is around them, while an existentialist would rise up and think, there's so much I can do. I can be anything. I can do anything. I can make anything my purpose. And that leads into a more humanistic view of things. I can help people. I can make a difference in this world. I can make a, I can, can make a difference in the lives of these people that matter to me for whatever reason, whether they're selfish, selfish or selfless. And by doing that, I give my life purpose. Yes, maybe someone could tell me and, and look at me and say, that doesn't really matter because if you were dead, it isn't. but it gives me purpose. I feel like I, it gives me purpose. So I'm following a good path and i'm i'm doing what i believe is the best way to live out my life and it, it's kind of like that so i think that's what i i've kind of tried to evolve and make my own in a way how have you made that your own uh, i mean clearly you believe in god which i think a lot of existentialists and nihilists collectively don't yeah yeah so it's it's hard, right? Because I think it's a lot with my own wrestling with it, how, what kind of God I believe in. So I, I think that I I believe in in a loving God. I'm not sure about a lot of specific religious kind of aspects, and even our in our own denomination. I mean, Shannon and I. I think I, last I, I remember you were still in in the church. Uh, mm, I just do not consider myself a part of the denomination, but if there is any church that I would go to, it is the Adventist church. Right. But so I haven't so something been... similar to that. Sure. Right. So, I mean, as far as me having a purpose, I think that there is something that there is something, I think I believe in something that's bigger than me, something that's greater than me. And I don't think that we can really, put that into a little box and call it God. I don't think we can outline a little limit of what he looks like and what he is like, Oh, he's this big, great guy in the sky with a white beard. And oh, he's, you know, he's this or that. I don't think we can even really 
accurately, I mean, depict that or describe that. But I do believe that there's something, there's something out there. And if I think the most important thing of religion is that it gives you meaning, right? So I think it's more of how existentialism permits me to reconcile the freedom that I have and the freedom that others have. And I think that's very compatible with, with religion. I think that I, with, with my religion or with Christianity. Because, I mean, the whole point of the Christian point of view is that humans are free. They have free will. So I think there, there's two slightly different ways to look at free will. Like, yes, you have free will. Uh, and in this, you're, you're one little person in this big world. And there may or may not be something bigger than you. Or versus, yes, you are a small part of this world. And there's something bigger that would like you to follow them. But it's your choice. But the consequences are, are going to happen. It's just that nothing's predetermined. So I think, is, I think those are two sides of the same coin. So I don't think you can really separate them too much. So I, I think I find, found myself in, in the middle of that and kind of found how that incorporates into my life. Damn. That, that's kind of a beautiful way to put it because I've always struggled with communicating that second idea of uh, free will, the predetermined outcome, which ah, that's hard to grasp my mind around because it almost makes it not free will, but there is still that choice involved. Yeah, see, I, I, I don't really think it's something that we can understand, and I think that's okay. Leave that to the uh, the big guy upstairs, or whatever he is more likely to exist as. It's yeah. probably not some big white dude with a beard. He's yeah. not Santa probably Claus. some absurd magic eldritch being. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Lovecraftian. Yeah, something that is impossible to wrap our minds around until, you know, right. there. Blessed be his name. Or her name. Or their name. <laughs> you, you, you are correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So I, I'd like to say that I've changed, um, Shannon. And yeah, I'm glad to have changed in the ways that I have. And yeah. I was I was thinking recently, actually, that um, I mean, there's that quote that says, uh, "You never meet the same person twice, even in the same person." That's that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody's always changing. Yeah. Well, speaking of changing, and I know the future is unpredictable, so I understand <laughs> the answer to this question is I don't have a clue. Where are you looking to be in like five years? <laughs> yeah, that that is a good question. Yeah, it's something I need to talk about with my therapist, which I don't have. But uh, <laughs> so first step, you. To the therapist. It's you. You're your therapist. I am. I'm my. I'm my best therapist. Mm. I know mm. all my. Anyway, in five years. I really have no idea. 
Isn't I that think, wild? Yeah. Because as in high school, we definitely thought those things. See, that's why it's so interesting. I was speaking to like uh, someone who's at Auburn right now, who's a is a kind of family friend, and she was telling me about how yeah, so she's gonna go to Andrews, and then she's gonna do this. She's gonna be pre med, and she doesn't you know she's probably gonna be this major because of that, and then she's gonna uh, go to medical school, and then and she and the way that she spoke with with such authority, I didn't I didn't look down on her, and I didn't you know kind of. It, I, I kind of found it endearing, but not really endearing. It was kind of like, it's not that I pitied her. It's just that I looked at her and I kind of saw, you know, how I, how I probably talked at the time and just like how you can be 16, 17 and have like so much certainty. Like, yeah, this is how it's going to go. Like, yeah, for sure. Hmm. Yeah. I, It'd be kind of boring if that's if you could just plan it out. Yeah, and also, who gave us the right as 15, 16, like, <laughs> 18 to like pick out our careers, our uh-huh. our life paths? Uh huh. What crackhead gave us the steering wheel to our lives at that age? That makes no sense. Were you? Did you ever have that, Malcolm? I mean, people asking me where I'm gonna be. Uh, as like a sixteen year old, what what job are you gonna get? I'm like, I don't fucking know. Bro, I'm sixteen. Huh. My brain isn't fully developed yet. Thank you. Malcolm's brain is more developed than ours at that age. I mean I mean how old are you, Malcolm? Twenty one. Yeah, so none of our brains are, are fully developed. We've yeah. got I mean, we've got at least I've got about five years, you've got four, Malcolm, and what you've got like two years, Shannon? Mm. I, I mean, I think our brain's always developing, but yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, scientifically, like you're fully developed at least like at around like 25. And yeah. obviously, that doesn't mean that you're like, oh yeah, a magic switch happens when you're 25 and you kind of got all the answers. I know it's it. Just, it's I know it now. <laughs> it's just that once you get to that point, that's kind of all you got. That's what you're working with. Well, maybe maybe don't be so broad as like a certain job or like what uh where you want to be just like how would you like to be in five years right okay back to that question um so yeah basically what i was saying is i don't like to speak authoritatively about what's going to happen as if i know because i can't possibly know i i've been i've had so many experiences over the past two or three years that i i didn't imagine at all and i probably couldn't have imagined and probably wouldn't have wanted to imagine as a 15 year old so i i think that in five years i'd like to be in a position that permits me to focus on to find or to be going in the direction of of something i'm very passionate about but also something that allows me to look at something other than myself and something that allows me to put others in greater focus than just me. That's a good answer. (sighs) Find something that it's unknowable what it is, but something that'll make you happy and something that'll 
let you look at others. Yeah. Yeah. Is, it, is this also something uh, like we were talking about earlier, give you a purpose? Yeah, I think so. I mean, so I, I have, I still have goals and dreams, but I, I don't want to focus on that as much. I, I think I, I, I've gotten bigger into the idea of, of just daily kind of, I mean, there's the idea of, of perfecting habits instead of goals and every day just, you know, trying to become 1% better. Like that's, that's better than trying to think, oh yeah, in, in five years I'll have a six pack and, and this and I'll have lost 20 pounds. You know, it's, it's not, it's not as much that as it is, you know, little, little things every day that make me realize that I am becoming more of who I, I want to be. Beautiful. Yeah. So, I mean, in my mind, uh, as of right now, I am still on the track of going to medical school, and I would like to become a doctor, um, or at least some form of one. And long term, five years, five years, theoretically, I should be, I should be done with medical school, and I should be getting into residency or something, or. But really, who knows? And I'm okay with that. You, you know, you get a lot of anxiety not knowing. I mean, there's a there's a poem by Sylvia Plath, I think, or a book. I think it's the Bell Jar, and she describes um, how her she stood beneath a tree and she saw that like this huge big fig tree or all I don't know what it was, but there were just dozens and dozens and, and hundreds of branches, right? That were just and and one branch would lead into another little smaller branch and and all these figs were different and she didn't know which fig to pick or which branch to grab and and she just overwhelmed was got overwhelmed and she just decided not to pick any of them right you like you see so many ways and so many twists and turns that your life could take and sometimes people give up on that i mean sylvia plath took her own life so i like to think that uh, i'm okay with not knowing and with the uncertainty as I mean, whereas I would not have been a while ago. Almost like you're romanticizing the future because it has no, it's limitless. Yeah. I, I mean, it is like, it, it is limitless. It's just, you have to, you have to pace yourself. You're, there's no right answer. I mean, is there <laughs> who knows who's to say but yeah yeah uh well i'm i think i'm gonna ask uh this question because you're talking about like uh philosophies and purpose and kind of your journey uh what do you think built your character the most? Oh, that's that's easy. I think I think it's definitely the relationships that I've formed um, in these past years. I think there's little else that can help me understand more about myself and more about what I need to better and about getting out of myself than really building just in like building deep personal relationships with people. 
That's so interesting because it, it seems like most people have that opinion that it's not about what you do, it's who you do it with almost. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. Even if it's good or bad relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. Well, maybe since you put it so so simply, uh, I'm going to ask you the other question. Uh, what is human nature in your perspective? So, yeah, that's a good question. Are we basically good? Are we basically evil? What's what's the deal? I mean, the Bible would say that we were we were perfect, right? And then we were, I mean, we were tainted, we were stained, we were we diverged. But I think human nature, as we can look at it now, it's it's something that's um, that's very selfish. That's 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 the the basic thing. I mean, we're all looking out for ourselves, whether we like it or not. Sometimes I question how selfless our relationships really are. If you look, if you think about it, if you look at it, you know, you you have a best friend, or you have, you know, a lot of our relationships are troublingly transactional when we inspect them on, you know, closer, like, like especially more superficial friendships that we haven't had for a while. I mean, we're only we're friends with this person because you know, that we can get something out of them. And we don't do that because we're we're evil people. I mean, we have just, you know, that nature. And I mean, I suppose you, you could call that evil, but I mean, you don't go out consciously and say, okay, I'm going to exploit this person and do that. No, I mean, narcissists do. I mean, psychopaths, sociopaths, but normal, as far as we can use that word, people, we kind of, we still look at it through that lens. What can I get out of this? And the sad thing is that that even happens in deep relationships. I mean, I I think I, I have this constantly. Like, am I am I a good friend? I ask myself that a lot, and I I, I worry about that strangely, but I, I do. And I like whenever I think that I, I call up somebody or I, I you know I text somebody, check in on them. It's because a lot of the times, if you if you're not careful, you think. I, oh man, I only call up that person when I need to talk about something, when I'm going through something. Oh, I only call that person when I like want to feel better about, you know, it's, and you, you go through life and you realize like, why do I do this? Like, what is it really that I've done that's fully selfless? I mean, you can think of the most selfless act that we as humans can do. It's like, okay, we, we give food to a homeless person. I mean, the homeless situation in, in Washington State has always been pretty bad, especially in the, the greater Seattle area. You see them on the side of the road, and you, you decide, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something nice. I'm going to do a good deed, right? I'm going to give this person like a, a meal. I mean, you, you, we would think that's, that's something selfless, yes? Hmm. Right? Yeah. Like, that's, that's a pretty noble thing to do. I mean, yeah, wouldn't you? Yeah, but I, f- I feel like you're leading me somewhere. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't you agree, Malcolm? That's that's a pretty selfless thing to do. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and yeah. It, sure, it is. It's a good thing. Why? I mean, don't stop doing it if you're doing it. But like, why are you doing it? Why do you think you would be doing that, Shannon, if you were to do that? 
Um, on the spot, it's it would be to help somebody out, but I almost feel like you do it so somebody can almost watch you do it and like almost get glory almost get glorified for helping a homeless person if i didn't say that i helped a homeless person i didn't tell anybody like like mr beast for example it mm-hmm. i didn't put it out on the internet to be praised yeah i think it would be selfless yeah see, see that that's what really irritates me and it's interesting you bring that up but I mean, people who, I mean, who walk up to homeless people with a cell phone in their hands and, and do this, and they're doing it for clout. They're doing it for, for praise. They're doing it to, oh, yeah, see, I mean, how good of a person I am, right? And I, it's not the same as, as doing it, you know, without expecting anything back. And I mean, that's what, that's what God, that's what Jesus tells us to do, right? I mean, to, to do things in secret, to do our good thing, our good deeds in secret, so that we don't look for, for um earthly praise right and but even then okay so yes we can agree good deed but still selfish because you're trying to you're trying to get praise out of it you're trying to prove how good of a person you are to other people okay Mm -hmm. but but then you know a good deed in secret why do you do that okay the goodness of your heart you're just such a good person who wants to give this person a meal you want to look out for the little guy i mean i don't know but okay but in a way, aren't you also trying to prove that you're a good person to yourself? Aren't you trying to reinforce a self-image that, oh yeah, I'm not a bad person. Yeah, no. You're trying to make yourself feel better in a way. Is it possible to do those acts in like without having to think that you are a making it not selfish is there a way to go about it and make it not selfish here's the thing i don't think it's possible for us to ever not be selfish and i think that's i mean that's backed up i mean historically and i mean uh, this conversation has gotten somewhat religious as well i mean biblically it's it's in our nature like i mean there's nothing that we can do that's 100 percent selfless so that's why that's what my answer would be. Human nature is selfish, and even the most selfless acts, the most um, the most morally utilitarian acts that dish out the most good for the most people. I mean, you can't really say there's any pure good in that because the only pure good that you can get has to be beyond human humanness. Wow. Ah, that's 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 deep. That's just deep to think about, because I mean, unless we are within oneself and not trying to, could could we could we do a selfless act without involving people? That's a good question to to ask yourself, for people to ask themselves. But, yeah. It's hard. But nobody can determine that on their own. No, I mean... <laughs> but that's the thing. If If we... Even if we could do that, I mean, just... 
I mean, I'm, obviously the goal would be to to do that as much as possible, and then you know you have trying to do as much selfless things as possible. But I mean, it's not how you determine how good of a person you are. I mean, you can't you can't be good. You have to give your give yourself up to that. You know. Huh. Wow. With that said, is there still value in performing those acts, or is of course it all... there is. Yeah, I one hundred percent. I think it, it'd be foolish to. I think it, it would be almost nihilistic to think that there isn't. You know, mm. it's yeah. Okay, I'm doing this in part selfishly because there's no avoiding that, but I'm still doing it, and that's good. It's it's okay. Like it's it's like separating the the art from the artist. You know, it's. I'm going to do this, but at least I'm conscious that a little part of me and, and the most dirty, evil, human part of me wants to feel good about myself, and that's why I'm doing it. But it's better than having that and not, and not doing it. Almost because you're doing it for the good of humanity. Ideally. Yeah, because yeah. what matters is, is what you do, not what you what you just say or what you like. I mean, someone could talk about that all, you know, someone could go up and, and tell everybody, oh, yes, we're all basically selfish and, and this and that and nothing you do is ever void of self. And that's, you can never do a good thing. But then you have somebody else who recognizes that, but still goes on and sacrifices little bits of themselves to do that. Is it a pure sacrifice? Is it pure self? Is it pure selflessness? No, but at least they're doing something. At least they're doing something. Even they're selfishly motivated. So what? Yeah, they're doing it. They're doing it. Wow. See, my, I mean, it, going back to a question before. Where would I like to be in five years? My dream is to. I I want to work with Médecins um, uh, Sans Frontières. It's this um, Doctors Without Borders. It's a organization based in in France, but it's it's a worldwide organization, and basically you send doctors all over the world to places that need it the most, and they're just you know there to serve, right? And I, I want to be doing something that at the same time, I, it's, it's challenging for me that it makes me feel like, like I, I have to work towards it, but it, that it also, I, I, I feel like I'm doing something valuable. Like I'm, a, a, I have a lot of, um, let's have artistic or maybe creative inclinations. Um, even if I don't nurture them as much as I probably should, but, what I really have always wanted to do is something that I can feel like at the end of the day, I did something. I did something like that I can be proud of. I, can, I did something that I can see the effect that it had on somebody else. And as hard and as, as painful and like as much of a struggle as I can be, I mean, that if I can feel good about that at the end of the day, that's what I'm looking for. And obviously, that's selfish. I'm doing it because I want to feel. I want. I want to feel like a good person. I'm not go like I'm. I'm getting paid. I mean, in theory, in this mm-hmm. hypothetical future, uh-huh. I'm not going to these impoverished places and and just doing this and like in donating my organs. You can't. It's not how that works. Like 
yeah, I'm getting paid. I'm getting um, recognition, maybe in some sense. I'm, I'm doing, but at least I'm, I'm trying to work with that. I'm trying to work with my fallen, dirty, messed up human nature, and still try to try to do something that is of value to others. Huh. Well, I, uh, I'm going to have to cut you off because we are basically at our hour mark. Um, but thank you, Anders. I, I learned a lot more about you, and I'm glad about the, the changes that you've had with your, your life. I mean, it's that it, you've definitely grown into definitely a better person but just with a better mindset. Uh, yeah, man, I, I hope so. So I, I appreciate you coming on and, and hanging out with us. And, uh, no, man. And uh, I think I, I think I took up a lot of the airtime, but yeah, it was, that's, it was that's not... the point. So, <laughs> well, um, yeah, it was so, a pleasure. We'll, we'll take care of the housekeeping stuff real quick and then we'll send you on your way. Um, thank you to Nadia Diaz for, uh, our podcast cover art. Uh, just to let everybody know the, the name of the dude on there is Rad Daniel. Um, That's the name of the microphone. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I came up with it like a couple months ago. Uh Rad Dan. Rad Rad Daniel. Daniel. Um, but go check out her Instagram, uh, at arthead creations on Instagram. I said that now already. Uh, that's going to be linked into the description. And then thank you to Jensen Crawl who made our intro and outro for the podcast. Uh, go check out his very good song, Knocking on Doors, for his uh, work in progress musical tea time. Uh, you can find that just about anywhere. Uh, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music. That's also linked in the description. But uh, We also have our email waiting four seconds at gmail.com that's waiting the number four seconds at gmail.com send us some questions so we can ask people like anders um like them them (laughs) yeah uh questions that you send in it makes uh you know i'm even gonna put this out to out there if you want an interview i mean if you uh have you want to talk about something or if you, you just think want you to... are worthy. Well, I wouldn't say that. I think anybody's worthy of being, having an interview, but if, if you want to be interviewed, send me an email. I, I will. Anybody's worthy. Oh, Malcolm thinks you guys aren't worthy. Uh, so anyways, thanks Anders for hanging out. Uh, we will see you guys next time. Unless Jed. Unless Jed. <laughs>